welcome to the following the joy podcast with me debbie westwell confidence and mindset coach and massive travel enthusiast this podcast is a place to talk about being the best version of yourself following your heart making those scary changes and having fun on this adventure that we call life i'm your biggest cheerleader and i want you to know that it is never too late to start over and make a life you are excited to get out of bed for so let's go and get following the joy In this episode, I am chatting with Eva Ryder, who is just a wonderful human being. She's got such a high energy and everything that she does is fun from her pen to her glass to just everything about her is just magical and wonderful and and fun. Um, She is a femininity, pleasure and intimacy coach. And her mission in life is basically to support women kind of create a new relationship with their bodies, to come back into their bodies um, and with pleasure, both inside and outside of the bedroom. Obviously, the topics in today's conversation, we do swear a bit, we do discuss sex, there are sexual terms um, and there may be some triggering factors. So I'm just going to put a warning out there. But um, we just, we talk about, you know, kind of why we like, almost like the suppression and why we can't talk about sex and why we have these beliefs about our bodies. And Eva gives us such a beautiful um, tips on how to kind of start to love our bodies again. Um, We discuss a little bit touch on like pleasure and how we can look after ourselves and communicate. We talk about communication being important. So yeah, it's a really well-rounded episode. I absolutely loved it. I loved it. And honestly, afterwards, beforehand and afterwards, we were just laughing our heads off. But um, if you're a little bit of a prude, this might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you still might need to hear it because everybody needs to have pleasure and joy in their life. So keep listening. Hi, Eva. Welcome to the Following the Joy podcast. I am so excited for you to share everything about you with my (laughs) listeners because you are fabulous. So huge welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my God, I'm very, very excited. Thank you so much for inviting me. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. I just, I love your energy. I love you. You're awesome. Um, Okay, so for our listeners, go ahead and just introduce yourself, will you please? (laughs) Yeah, so my name is Eva Ryder. I am a coach for femininity and pleasure and intimacy. And really also about showing you can live your full life, right? Like really fully living and not only meditating. I mean, I love meditation, don't get me wrong, but really what it means like to be fully alive and not only live like not dead but existing but really (laughs) enjoying so obviously it's perfect also with your podcast I kind of really I'm a big big supporter of like okay let's make life fun again and I'm also here to really support women to come back into their bodies like recreate a new relationship with their body and also recreate a new relationship with pleasure inside the bedroom and outside the bedroom so yeah that's that's what oh. I do. And I'm so excited about it. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I love that. Actually, I think it's something that we all definitely need in our lives as women to come back into that kind of taking control of our pleasure. But like you said, not necessarily just inside the bedroom, outside of the bedroom and like coming back into that kind of I know you do a lot of touch and stuff. But um, first of all, how how did you get into this field? Because it's quite unique. Yeah, I think. Um, well, I mean, maybe to give a little bit of my background, I actually obviously didn't. I wasn't born like that. Uh, This was not my main job. Like I actually started business and I was working 10 years in the corporate environment. 
before I quit my corporate career when I was 33. And then I traveled around the world for over like nearly, I think one and a half years. Um, and, you know, like during I was, while I was traveling, like many things were happening. Also my spiritual awakening was happening. And it was very interesting because freedom is my core value. Mm. And, you know, freedom can come into so many areas of our lives, like with the adventure of traveling, like the freedom of making our own choices. And I realized where we are truly not free and where we are so conditioned as women is the topic of sexuality and our bodies. And I think for me personally, I had a hate-hate relationship with my body. I don't even want to say I had a love-hate relationship because it was just purely hate. Uh, it was like really I I did probably every diet and everything but the only area where I didn't hate my body was sex which was very interesting and I think that was an area where I was always in this space of okay cool I explored a lot it was very playful and I think it was also because of the taboo I grew up catholic that was a reason that was an area where nobody actually gave me things how I'm supposed to be doing something right and I think that was a beautiful space actually because I could explore it totally by myself and with my partners and be like, really like, oh, I like that. I don't like that. So there was like no conditioning. While with everything else, we are so conditioned, right? Like with yeah. food, with exercises, everything. And at some point at, while I was traveling and my spiritual journey began, I was like, wow, we cannot be fully free if we still have so much shame around sex, if we have so much shame around our bodies, if we still judge ourselves so much, if we hate our bodies, if we hate pleasure, if we glorify burnout uh, symptoms, you know, and that's how it kind of came together, really. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and you're so right as well. It's like there's so many boxes that you're supposed to be the norm of. Like you've got to look a certain way. You've got to act a certain way. And, and like then you bring in religion to it as well. And I guess I've never seen it like that before. But yeah, sex probably is the one area in the Catholicism religion that they they don't, apart from don't use a condom. Sorry, any other Catholics out there. But, you know, like they don't prescribe you to like how you should act or whatever. And and yes, we're, we're getting over some of this, aren't we? Because some of this is is definitely like kind of like a a sex balance masculine feminine from like you know the early 1900s through to now where you know you've seen that progression of women didn't have the vote we've got the vote and then but there's still that whole hidden topic of I mean even like our bodily functions like we don't really talk about the periods we don't really talk about menopause even though it's going to happen to either somebody you know on the planet or it's happening to you or 50% of the people on the planet. So it's like, if it's not happening to you, the other 50% of the people, it's, you know, they've got to deal with the consequences of whatever's happening in people's bodies. So, oh, that's, I love that. That's fascinating. And I love that you could, you could feel open, like in sex, but I don't think other people would feel like that. I think there's probably a lot of people listening that some people can't even say the word sex. They go, heck, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, do you know? Yeah. And it's almost like Victorian in there. Oh, she showed her ankle. Like, <laughs> say the word, people. Sex. It's okay to talk about it, and it's okay to like different things, I guess, with it as well. But and 
And I think yeah. we have such, I think society-wise, I think we have such a funny relationship with it because on one side is this massive, massive taboo and on the other side is this massive over-sexualization, right? Like, I mean, yes. female bodies are extremely over-sexualized um, and objectified. Like, I mean, we talked like very briefly before the podcast about breasts, mm. right? And I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I mean, I actually shared that a couple of days ago, I think in one live that I did, I was like, I was so triggered a couple of years ago, I was in a seminar in Portugal and it was like business context, but a little bit more, you know, less stiff, obviously, than, you know, from my corporate world. And mm. this facilitator, he was sitting there like, it was warm, obviously, it was in the middle of summer, and he was sitting there topless and talking about your ideal client, whatever, you know, like about the business topic. And I was so triggered. <laughs> and I was like, how can he sit here? topless and you know it's fine and why can I not do that I mean yes of course if I lead a workshop of course and I show a breast massage of course you know like but why as a woman I cannot be sitting somewhere topless without being sexualized for it it's not an invitation I'm just showing my goodness right on Instagram female nipples are forbidden male nipples are okay like really why like yeah um, exactly and, and somebody somebody told me the other day that Instagram has apparently like a filter to identify that I'm like so how does this filter this bot understand this is a female nipple ban that post and this is a male nipple that's okay how does this fucking bot understand that no that's crazy yeah there's de there's definitely an imbalance especially when you think about you know like women's breasts are technically designed as milking stations for babies you know whether we use them as that or not and you know if you look at some of the natural tribes throughout the world you know the the breasts are out and it's fine and some some um countries are definitely a little bit more liberated sexually than than others i think britain is i think behind the doors we're quite sexually liberated but i think in public we're definitely not <laughs> as a consensus but there's definitely some Scandinavian countries that are completely like happy with nakedness and you know you go in your naked saunas and things like that don't you so so <laughs> how how do we get people comfortable with their bodies I think it needs to start at a real schooling level of being comfortable with your bodies yeah like, I think it's so funny that you said it with Britain I lived in the UK in London for like nearly two years for my first job and <laughs> I found it so funny because you go into the sauna with swimwear, which is so random for me. I'm like, why? I'm just, you know, like, obviously when I go to the sauna, I don't have any intention of like any sexual interaction unless I go with a lover for that purpose, you know, but you don't do it in the public sauna anyways. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, the only purpose I'm going into the sauna is to sweat. So uh, to sweat the toxins out of my body and it has a lot of health benefits. Why should I wear swimwear for that, right? But then going out on a Saturday night or Friday night in London's pubs, like you see things that you never want to see. And you're like, this is a very funny culture. I remember I had conversations <laughs> with my housemates about it. I'm like, you really have a really funny sexual, like, <laughs> like really funny relationship with buddies here. Like it's not okay to go naked into a sauna, but in some pubs, I see everything of somebody else in the pub like obviously drunk okay I get it but you know like why the skirts are so short that I'm like you better don't even wear a skirt so, 
Please don't get me wrong. I love Britney, you know, but I think I think it's interesting, and I think it comes really back to this. We have really like it's really about bodies accepting because I think I I believe nakedness in general is not an invitation for sexual activity. No, like. I mean, we are we we are born naked. We go naked, right? We it's we don't come yeah. fully clothed on out of the womb. So um, I think it's very interesting. And yes, I mean, okay, it's okay that we are not like naked all the time. I mean, it's it kind of came with socialization. I mean, other tribes, people are naked all the time, and nobody thinks they need to come into sexual uh, activity. But I think it comes really back to, you know, how we see our bodies, right? And especially the female body um, and how we sexualize that, right? Uh, yeah. Because in the end, the body is, first of all, just the body. And it is uh, it is obviously our physical vessel to have uh, joy and an experience here. This is first the first the purpose, right? Uh, and then, of course, attraction and everything. Okay, fine. Uh, but I believe we society-wise we over-sexualize it yes and it's that the same so you're German aren't you yes I am. you don't live in Germany I know because you're a lady no. of the world so you're just you know you're everywhere you're in Spain at the moment but um is it similar in Spain it, sorry in Germany when you were growing up like about the it's not as liberal to show your body off and stuff or is it a little bit more accepted that you would go into a sauna naked with a towel or whatever no, we go naked into the sauna in Germany. Okay. <laughs> it's the most normal thing to do. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like for me it was so unnormal to wear swimwear. No, so I mean obviously Germany. Um, yes, so like something like a sauna is absolutely normal to go naked in it. Um, then obviously some parts of Eastern Germany they have a, like a really free culture of you know being on the beach like the cold beaches we have in Germany. But you know there are around lakes and everything there are areas where it's totally where we have nude beaches. You know, so it's mm. not. And it's also not to be there like to have like sexual interaction or something. It's just, you know, you, you go there nude, it's fine. So this is kind of very um, accepted in Germany and such, but obviously, you know, it would be not okay that I go naked into <laughs> into the office or something, yeah. right? I mean, there are dress codes then. Yeah. Um, but I believe in <clears throat> general with some, I think it's very interesting because there are some areas where it's normal. And I believe also it's very interesting because I, I traveled a lot and I obviously been lived, um, in Spain for some time and in Portugal and I think it's also very interesting because on one hand it's obviously clearly very religious countries yes um on the other hand uh, and I think this is also very interesting because people are naked for a long time or like maybe not naked but they show way more of the body because of the heat so it's very normal to spend your whole day in swimwear right in bikinis and yes um, and uh, for the guys with uh, shorts. So it's very normal and you see it on social media everywhere. So it's super normal here, right? Um, and at the same time, because it's Catholic, it's okay to be in bikini the whole day. And I mean, some of these bikinis, you don't wear a lot, right? Yeah, it's um, like a thong and yeah. <laughs> tiny, tiny triangles. And yet it would be not okay to be on the beach in underwear. <laughs> so yes. like, it's so interesting. I think we have really we have really weird concepts of it like yeah. why is this material okay and why is the other material not okay <laughs> yes you're so right aren't you and also like how many times have you gone oh I can't go swimming because I haven't got my swimwear with me like actually just go in your underwear because it's exactly the same but yeah you're right 
we're definitely, definitely affected by people's perceptions and what we've been told and stuff. And, and like when I was younger, it, the press is a lot better now, but they were forever like, oh, look at this celebrity. She's too fat. Look at this celebrity. She's now lost far too much weight. And, you know, like you would see the the Playboy bunnies with the, the fake boobs or like, I mean, there's a whole flipping term now, isn't that body dysmorphia where people keep wanting to have surgeries to try and make their body into what they think their ideal is. And I think everybody should just love what you were given because you were given it for a reason. Um, but I mean, going back to what you said before, I'm going to share, I'm going to share the story because I think possibly people might need to hear it. Although, oh, it's the first time I've said it out loud in like a public arena. But so I have got quite large boobs and I've always had I think I basically went through puberty and I went from flat chested to like a D cup straight away. And like now I'm a G. So, you know, I forever when I was going out when I was younger, people thought it was acceptable. When I say people, men thought it was acceptable to reach out and grab my boobs or to try and stick their head in my boobs. And I was forever smacking people away. And I was sharing with Eva prior to this that actually... I don't have a lot of sensitivity in that region. It's not a great zone for me like to play with or anything because I think I've just psychologically blocked it off because they were things that I just I didn't want to, you know, experience whilst I was almost getting like attacked. Now, a friend of mine has said to me in the past, you have been sexually abused. And I'm not saying like, I'm not, I have not. It was just, unfortunately, that was the culture. That was the culture from when I was younger. And if you speak to anybody kind of around my age, which is mid forties, it was that kind of like aggression where somebody would grab your your ass when you're out and would try and stick the hand up your skirt and it's it's not nice and I don't actually believe it goes on now because there's a whole lot more with that me too movement and stuff like that but it's kind of like all of those things that have happened to us in the past all of those video articles or television articles or magazine articles that we have seen that we have compared ourselves to have put like a massive story or belief into our body and so I guess a lot of the work that you have to do has to be a little bit more of the psychological side of things to like reconnect because Eva said to me like you you need to learn to kind of do breast massage and reconnect to yourself to kind of to bring those feelings back again but it is absolutely possible to to bring those feelings back again you just kind of got to be aware of the issues in the first place so I guess from a psychological point of view is that like one of the main things that you have to hit when you're doing all of your courses and everything Yes, yes. Um, I mean, body shame and the perception of body and ex exactly the over-sexualization and the dissociation of the body, right? I mean, as I said, like I also had this hate-hate relationship with my body. So it's really coming back to the body. And also, I think, you know, also with spiritual work, it's so easy to be spaced out constantly. Mm. But, you know, we cannot hate our bodies. It's impossible because how how can we really tap into real freedom and also letting go of the victim story if we are still in the conflict with our own bodies right and I also love what you say like it is what we have been given and we can you know like we can make it fun uh, because I believe in the past for example I would you know exercise because I hated my body now I do exercises because I love my body and I yes. know what kind of movement my body enjoys and where I'm curious to experiment and what my body says like oh I actually don't enjoy it even though it's a big trend and I think it also comes to trends right like like I, I shared it in a live the other day. I was like saying, 
I'm 40 now. Like since I lived, there was a time where everybody was supposed to look like Kate Moss, like hyper skinny and, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, well, however, Kate lost Moss and she was, I think, 14 or something. So everybody was supposed to look like a teenager, even when they're older. Mm. Then the Spice Wars were coming in and we are like, oh, nice. We can actually have different varieties, right? Then mm -hmm. uh, the Kardashians came or the JLo came where we we're like, oh, nice. It's curvy. And then again, the trend was going into like skinniness. And then it also depends where you're living, right? I mean, in yeah. Germany, for example, I am short and I'm curvy. So in Germany, I'm actually considered fat. Um, while when I'm somewhere else, like here in Spain, I'm the absolute hit. Like everybody loves me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, wow. Like it's so interesting. And they're like, yeah. we, like, we like that you're short and blonde hair and curviness. And mm. when I'm somewhere else, like all want, everybody wants to marry me. So I think it's yeah. very interesting, right? They, so... I think coming back to it, yes, it's totally a topic. And I believe like the way I normally work is I work also with a method called Theta Healing, where we do like a lot of energetic um, mm -hmm. release because it's not only our life, it's also like generation. And obviously also certain trauma needs to be released, like also sexual abuse, right? I mean, there's different grades of sexual abuse, but you know, like, you know, like what you said, like it was not okay to be touched. You know, it was simply not okay. It's like you're a sovereign being and you, you know, you don't desire to be touched by that person. So it's obviously crossing some boundaries there. And when we experience that as a child, um, you know, like it also brings us back to now as an adult, like, oh, how safe is it to express my boundaries, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think it comes to these different areas as well. And so I work on energetic level where we clear subconscious beliefs, where we clear ancestral drama and also past life experiences where we clear, but we also activate a lot, like I really love activations because one part is like we can be stuck in the past and it's important to do that, but it's also important to kind of activate what else um, we want to experience now. And then obviously the embodiment piece. And I think this is also a really important aspect because I work with a lot of energy healers. So we can do a lot of, we can activate a lot energetically, of course, mm. but we also have to come back to our bodies. And that's why I also, for example, said to you, like with the breast massage, for example, it's like, this is such a simple practice. And yet it's, it is such a profound practice. It has a lot of benefits actually, besides, you know, reconnecting you with your body. It also produces a lot of, um, oxytocin it's like an you know I had a client for example she was on depressants when she started working with me and via breast massage six weeks in and she didn't need to take the pills anymore right wow. because the body produces so many happiness hormones so it can be mm. that easy um but you know the resistance normally when we have been living for such a long time in in a relationship that was not very loving to our bodies it's very begin. It's it's normal in the beginning to feel like a little bit like resistance. I mean, if you even put it out in non-sexual context, if you want to start running, but uh, you have never been running, so you know the first steps are very difficult, right? But once you get into the habit of it, you enjoy it, or maybe it's something else, you know. But whatever, like. But yeah. normally the resistance in the beginning, it's big, and then you start doing it. The habit is created, and you like it. So that's the same thing when it comes to uh, sexual embodiment practices. The only difference is that the shame on top of that makes it yes. even harder. Because obviously it's a different thing to say, oh, I want to start running or I want to start eating differently or I want to start dancing or whatever. Mm. Or if you say, oh, I actually want to do sexual coaching, right? And I think it's very interesting because I hear it so many times when people also say like, 
oh, well, it's natural. Why should I invest in a coach? And I'm like, well, they're also a nutrition coach, right? Like nutrition is also natural. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody eats. <laughs> so, but the thing is not because you obviously, nobody needs a coach just to tell you what to do. But when the natural system of your understanding this invest in the coach in the beginning to kind of help with the translation yes yeah. I did lose you a little bit there so hopefully it all was picked up fine <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that you said that's really important there is about kind of going back in your ancestral line and also kind of like almost like past lives because sometimes I mean some people won't believe in that but I definitely do and I, and I think that if you think like historically so the ancestral line is, correct me if I'm saying this wrong. So the ancestral line is, this is something that can be repeated throughout generation after generation after generation until actually somebody owns that trauma or whatever it is and kind of processes it. And then you you break it for the future generations. And there's other therapies out there that like um, constellation, family constellation therapy does like exactly that. But also like, if you think about past lives and like, you would if you were a nun or something you would have taken a vow of chastity you know if you like historically women have always been like like repressed and you're you know you were sold basically you were looked after you were chattel you were looked after by your your father until you were old enough and then basically he gave you and some money to somebody else who looked after you but like it was like everything was on their terms the relationship was on their terms you were basically there to to breed children and that's it so now that we're in an era where you can enjoy yourself and others like you can understand why some of those kind of past lives or um ancestral healing kind of stuff is important because we're still holding on to it somewhere inside of us aren't we yeah and i think also um collectively we are still not there yet right i mean there are still mm. cultures nowadays that still live that paradigm right yes. so um, yes. it's not only past lives it's also there are still countries and nations and very big nations uh, mm. still living that kind of system right and collectively we are still plugged in, into that here's a little advert for you calling all lancashire ladies are you always feeling tired do you put everybody else before yourself and your own needs and you feel like you just need a little bit of rejuvenation well, join Nikki from Ripple Therapy and myself, Debbie Westwell, for a day dedicated especially to you. It's going to be a wellness day designed for women seeking calmness, mindful movement and self-renewal. And you're going to come away having had lots of fun, but basically prioritising yourself and reclaiming your radiance. So what are you doing on Saturday, the 2nd of March? We are going to be at Bamber Bridge Methodist Church for this beautiful wellness day. It's called Revitalise and Thrive, and that's exactly what we need. Spots are limited, so reserved today, and we have an early bird offer until the 11th of February, where it's £74 only for the day. That's a saving of £50. So if you're interested in this, then jump onto my social media at Debbie Westwell. All the links are on there. And um, I think also historically, as women, we had two choices, right? We are either the whore or the saint. And, yeah. and I mean, it's, I mean, it's very... No, it's but like women many times women especially when they're co we're coming from you know poorer uh, you know uh, the poorer um, society um uh, level oh god poverty level so yeah. these women had the they had like either they go to the convent 
or they became like a cortisol, right? And I mean, yeah. it's it's very interesting. A lot of, um, and I was looking into this and I think this is also when I did like some past life experiences also for me or like regressions. In the end, when we think about this, like nowadays we say prostitute and we have like a very dirty picture of it, right? But for example, courtesans in France, they were really well-established women, right? I mm. mean, they were, first of all, the lovers of the kings and really established people. In that time, they were poor. They either choose one or the other path, right? They had access to education, which they would normally would have never had. They had access to, um, to you know, playing music, learning languages, <clears throat> They had the, they had access to their own money, which no other woman in that time ever had. Mm. And um, they were also quite influential because, you know, like I think the most one of the most famous um, courtesans is like John Dark. She was obviously the lover of mm -hmm. the French king. And he kind of replaced the queen with her. You know, like I'm not saying she was the queen then, but, you know, like the influence she had on the yeah. king. So I think also this also opens up the way like we really have to think about it. And I did actually a couple of weeks ago, I did a masterclass. I call it the sacred slut. I did like one hour energy clearing just on this topic between the horror and the saint. Because I think even nowadays, this is still a conflict that we normally have with mm. like subconsciously or unconsciously within us. And I also had it for a long time. And I think till I really reclaimed that part of the sacred slut within me, I also stopped attracting, you know, fuckboys because I was like, I can actually fully live out my desires the way I want to. And I don't need to attract like a situation like this here. So I can actually fully express that part of myself. And I think also when I talk with women, actually a lot of women say like, I actually like to embody that part of myself more, but the programming of like the saint is so much nicer right but in the end the yeah. saint is boring <laughs> yeah and also life isn't black or white it's not good or bad there's always yeah. like that that gray bit in the middle of where actually we all sit because let's face it nobody is 100% like saint or 100% sinner it's like that beautiful merge of the two and you can't have night without day so you can't experience one without the other anyway so okay. it's nice to you know it's like a sliding scale isn't it you know today I feel like I'm up near the sinner side of things and like oh you know I might be in the middle tomorrow and like oh you know on Friday I might be you know down by the the saint side but you know it's your choice your choice that you choose how today pans out for you and what you're going to embrace and and what you're going to ask for um exactly. I've got a question for you though. Okay, yes. so just going back to the to the body bit, there'll be plenty of people listening to this who are thinking, right, it's all right for you to say that you can embrace your body and you've obviously done the work and blah, blah, blah. How can I do it? Because there are people that can't look in the mirror and say, I love you. So, you know, they don't like looking in the mirror. And if you don't, if you can't even look at yourself in the mirror, then you definitely can't be comfortable with yourself in front of, of other people. So is there any tips or tricks or anything exercises that you can say to people to to do and try just to kind of build up their confidence of just even looking in the mirror and embracing themselves mm -hmm. yeah I mean obviously the path you know like from one like from one extreme to the other like it's like with everything else right it is first of all first of all it's step by step right and I think patience and well it starts with the willingness right it starts with the willingness that I, I say 
I actually choose not to pass by the mirror and kind of constantly criticize myself because every time you go by the mirror and you like say like, oh, I'm too fat, I'm too this, you know, like imagine this would be a friend and every time that friend comes by and you're like, oh, you fat bastard, why you come here today again? <laughs> or why you do you put your ass in front of my face today? You know, like, would you hang out with that person, right? Like, why you laugh, but you would not be no, hanging out with a person like, but you know, that's how people talk with themselves, right? So I think this is the first part, like really making the choice. I'm going to change that. I'm going, I'm starting a loving relationship with myself. Uh, then obviously when it's obviously, I understand and I have that situation a lot. Like the first step, like from, I absolutely hate my body to I love my body. It's very radical, right? Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing of what you don't like about yourself, like really start blessing what you like about yourself, particularly about your body. And sometimes it, I understand like it can be very difficult to say all of a sudden I'm beautiful if you don't perceive yourself as beautiful, right? So start with the obvious things like, I'm I'm blessing my lungs because I'm breathing like your lungs are breathing without you doing anything for that like thank god they do that every every single second bless your heart bless your legs that you can walk like how many people on this planet have not the ability to walk anymore mm. bless your hands that you can you know hold on to something you can grab something that you can touch you know like start the blessings in the most obvious simple ways and because that also takes off any emotional charge right because every, yes. like when you hear that you would be saying you're right I'm actually not grateful I'm taking it for granted that I can walk but mm. there are people that cannot walk and even if you don't think about other people like yes I am actually grateful that I can walk be grateful that you are healthy for example I have a client right now in private coaching she is like overweight but she is like medically even though she is overweight she's absolutely healthy so i said to her like you know start also with that fact you are healthy medicine wise even though you're overweight you should have like tons of diseases there are people who are skinny and they have a lot of illnesses so bless yeah. your body that your body is functioning so well that you are actually healthy, that you have a healthy immune system, you know? So start with those things, like the path of least resistance comes in here, right? Mm. So start with the things that are super obvious. If this is a stage you're in and you're like, okay, cool, I can absolutely easily be grateful for that, go to the next level, go into the level of beauty, you know? So start with that, where you kind of start like, okay, cool. So maybe you don't like your arms, maybe you don't like your butt, maybe you don't like your butt whatever but maybe you like your hair maybe you like your face maybe you like um your lips when you laugh so also mm -hmm. again start what you like you know like um and but you know focus on the body and you know maybe you say like i'm actually like that i have really cool skin it turns very quickly you know i'm like whatever or i'm actually grateful that when I laugh, I get these little wrinkles and they are so cute and I love them about me or like my hair, <laughs> yeah, like whatever it is, right? Um, so continue going like that. And then obviously when you kind of get into the habit of this, uh, then you go also into these areas of um, the parts that you don't like. So instead of saying, okay, I don't like my breasts, you know, like 
obviously love can still feel like a lie to you. But what about if you can just say something like, I'm actually choosing now to start a different relationship with my breasts. And I'm choosing to see them beyond the trauma that I have experienced, you know? Um, and I'm choosing to see them, that they are actually beautiful. I can put cute lingerie on them, whatever, you know? Or like your legs or whatever. So you kind of take it step by step. Um, and I think this body blessing, I know it sounds so easy, so easy that you probably will not do it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it is so profound because the way you speak to yourself, the way you see yourself, and you will start no noticing when you go and walk around and see yourself in the mirror, you will not automatically go into, oh, I look horrible today. You actually mm. go. And also the second thing, and I know Britain, I think this is the most tricky thing. I think in Britain and in other cultures, and I'm also like, you know, I also have like some sort of dark humor in me and I like it, but I'm also very conscious now about it, how I'm also making sarcastic jokes. So yes. um, also watch your jokes that you do about yourself and others, also in terms of body relationship, because when you always make fun like, oh, I look horrible today. <laughs> Um, your subconscious doesn't understand the difference you know mm. like um, so I think this is also really important to be very mindful and start noticing that when you're out of a joke make a cynical comment about yourself uh, because again you're telling your subconscious I'm not good enough I'm not pretty enough I'm not whatever enough and your subconscious does not understand the difference so even though you think outside oh I am so funny you're not, you're just punishing yourself. And I think this is really where it kind of starts. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And do it daily, I guess, as well. Or every yeah. time you pass a mirror, so multiple times a day if you can, but just try and start once a day, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the easiest part is to really set an intention and say, like, I'm making it for the next, next 21 days, really, mm. you know, um, to really come into like, a, because, you know, like three weeks is more or less the time than till we start automated like till the brain creates starts new brain waves and uh, not sorry new brain pathways and yeah. then it normally says like till 21 till 90 days it's really when it really uh kind of starts in your body um but you know like it's a good start and mm. i believe the power of choice and the power of an intention moves mountains when you decide you want a different um you want a different relationship with yourself and with your body you will be so focused on that in a really loving way yes I love that I love that you can help so many people do you work with solely women or is it men and women or anybody who who's coming at you yeah so right now it's my it's only women um I worked with a couple of men privately and I believe I will be opening private spaces for men as well mm. in terms of sexuality I really feel a strong calling to work with men, women mm -hmm. um, because I feel there's still more that I feel I can support women with and I would like to open up more to like couples to really, but, you know, more in this terms of, okay, bringing the spark back rather yes. than, you know, just focusing on the problem, but okay, how can we be more playful in bed? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I always said that because obviously I am a qualified massage therapist and I always said like, I'd love to be doing 
like teaching people to massage each other as a couple so like couples massage but like communication through touch is really really important and especially well communication is really important anyway but especially within a bedroom or sexual environment or when you're getting into a new relationship it's like asking for what you want but in a nice way and holding space and understanding that like that might not be a doable for the other person or you know kind of having those conversations those adult conversations without getting heated and angry and touch is a really good way of doing that because also it's really easy to have a conversation with somebody if they are like face down on your massage in their back because you're not like looking into each other's eyes and you know speaking those truths and sometimes it's easier to speak it if you're driving for example and somebody's driving the car and you're looking out the window and, and you can talk that way but communication is huge communication through touch is essential as far as I'm concerned oh, <laughs> but I do think that might be one of my love languages so maybe that's what <laughs> I can say <laughs> love it. all right so oh my goodness I love I love everything we've talked about I feel like I could talk to you for hours because there's there's, there's just an endless like stream of topics on on all of this and I could get on my soapbox and everything but you've got courses going on as well haven't you so tell us about those yeah, so um, right now I'm running the pleasure camp. I believe when this will be streamed online, it will not be live with me anymore, but it's still open to kind of join. So the pleasure camp is really exactly what you also said, like, I have never done that before. I feel curiosity, but I feel also a little bit of resistance. Um, how do I start? This is the place to go. Um, because I believe the first step is the most difficult. So I kind of made like bite-sized exercises, no exercises longer than 10 minutes to kind of start loving rituals in terms of femininity with your body and sexuality. It does not go full on in like more, I mean, we do have like pleasure practices, but not like super long intense ones because I believe they require a certain setup. Uh, so this is really like, okay, I'm curious, I want to do that, I want to reconnect with my body, so the pleasure camp is the right place, so but yeah, so it's really now, everything is pre-recorded, um, so this is the first yeah, way to start, and then there is a program, it's called the pleasure queen, that's actually the next step, so this is for the women who like, okay, I want more, I kind of want to start a very different relationship with myself, with my pleasure, I want to get let go of the shame. I want to discover my body in a very, very different way. In the beginning, we start with some energy clearings. And then I teach uh, different aspects of pleasure. There's a part of sex education in it, which I feel we should have been taught at school, but kind of school missed that information. <laughs> yes. um, so I'm talking about the different pleasure zones, the different yeah. kind of orgasms we women can experience, because I think... The female body, once we know that, we like we are such a treasure box for pleasure. And <laughs> um and I think, you know, so this is the part where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm teaching you the the logic of it that you know that and you're like, wow, I didn't even know there are so many different kinds of orgasms, right? Mm. And we also demystify that everything is either a clitoral or vaginal orgasm. So we do demystify that stuff as well. Um and then I also teach different kind of exercises. So it's kind of breath, touch, and, you know, like movement, of course, because ultimately I'm also hearing it so many times. Women say like, oh, I don't have sex. I don't have a partner. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't eat because you don't have a partner. Uh, and 
when it comes to sexuality um, and to orgasmic capabilities, breath is our core essence. I mean, we can just by certain techniques of breathing, we can orgasm without a certain movement or without a certain touch. So I know there are a lot of women out there who said like, oh my God, I have never had an orgasm. So and you tell mm. me I can breathe myself to it. I'm saying, yes, you can. Maybe not the first time you're doing it, maybe not the second or third time, but as everything else, it's like you can learn it. And I think this is where Pleasure Queen comes in. It's like, say you would never speak, you have never spoken Japanese in the beginning. You feel like, whoa, complicated, but you take a class, somebody explains it to you, you get into the practice and you're like, okay, Japanese is actually easier than I thought. The same thing with pleasure. <laughs> Such a good way of describing it. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I made also these two different programs. So the pleasure camp is really like, ooh, I'm curious, but I'm not fully ready to go all in. So it's also like a lower yeah. pricing investment. And pleasure queen is really like, no, okay, I really want to commit to pleasure. And um, I'm ready. Yes, I may feel nervous still. I may still feel resistance coming up. That's why we do the energy clearings in the beginning. So we clear all that ancestral and shame stuff. And then we explore the body and yeah, it's super beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love that. And also like just you, you are just such a, a lovely bubbly person that you kind of, anybody can ask you anything. You can talk about anything openly. And actually at the beginning of this podcast, before we pressed record, um, Eva picked up a glass. She's got this beautiful gold goblet that she's like drinking out of um, <laughs> and I like I just said oh my goodness I love your glass she's like yeah I've just got little bits of fun in every aspect of my life and I'm like oh my goodness I love that I just genuinely I want to have lots of little bits of fun in every aspect of my life I'm going to go and buy some crazy weird glasses <laughs> that's how I'm going to start you've inspired me um so if if people are still listening and thinking oh I'm just not sure it's for me and it's a little bit scary and like we are like thinking about all of the historic things that we've been told can people reach out to you or like book a free call with you or have you or contact you on socials or anything how would they do that yes yeah, so um they can reach out to me they can offer like free consultings like half an hour consulting to really see where you are and what kind of also really to what kind of is the best program if it's a program or if it's um yeah if it's one-on-one -on -one coaching it really depends on the topic um so on instagram it's pleasure queen eva you can also reach me there or it's my website evarider.com but i believe we put it in the show notes so that yes people get confused how to write my name but you know like it's it's easy to reach out to me and uh, we can book like a free consulting and see what's the way best way to work together and what's also the best program like i really like to see the goals i normally also ask my clients like okay what is your goal right because i mean that's why i've created different kind of programs uh to really kind of direct you where like what is what is the best start for you or maybe yes. private obviously you know somebody who has experienced trauma like this is something I would say okay this is where you require like uh, private support um, I supported a lot of women who have experienced uh, sexual abuse and they now can say okay I love my sexuality again but this is obviously something that needs to be um, yeah done in a private setup then yeah yeah and you do manifesting through like touch yes. and pleasure as well don't you yes yes so sex magic it's my favorite way to manifest actually uh it's also the most powerful way we, we don't know that right but sex magic is like super powerful to manifest how to use really that 
because when you think about it sexual energy is creation energy it is so powerful that you can create another being right like in our terms humans human baby but in other, yeah. you know like we can we can create a baby with that energy right so it is that powerful so obviously we can create everything with that we just need to know how to alchemize the energy in the body so yeah i have a course called sex magic where i'm teaching exactly this it's also four weeks all practices very short because i understand like everybody's like because also when with tantra and i remember when i started some of these rituals are like hours long and i understand <laughs> when you have never done that and your resistance is anyways it's the same thing if somebody tells you i have never run and you're like oh we have a running group we run for three hours every day you're like whoa i i'm not <laughs> sure if i can do that right <laughs> so there are obviously practices that I made them. And also it's better to do every day 10 minutes rather than saying, okay, I do it on a Saturday for five hours. It's one apple a day, not five apples uh, on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Eva, you are absolutely fabulous. And if anybody's thinking of like working with you or anything, I mean, obviously, hopefully they can hear and see that you are awesome but I can just attest to the fact that you are just so supportive and amazing I'm halfway through your sex magic program at the moment I'm loving it um I'm and like I'm just manifesting something completely random but you know it's it's all good and it's nothing to do with you know like love or or anything like that but and I love it and you make it fun and everything about you is fun so yeah everybody needs an Eva in their life but right okay <laughs> let me let me try and recap and like some of the key takeaways from this episode because there have been some very very good ones and we've also touched on some sensitive topics and some other topics so obviously you can always reach out to Eva if anything's triggered you or anything like that and you just feel like you just need to to talk um but um so basically the first one is touch can give you all the good hormones all of the good hormones that they can make you feel better we can heal ourselves through touch basically um you can make a choice to have a loving relationship with yourself and it is a, a choice um, and the power of choice and intention. You said the power of choice and intention moves mountains. And I think that is exactly it. It's so right. So make the choice, set an intention and kind of start going. And also let's start loving our bodies a little bit more. We have only got the one that we've been given, you know, sometimes it changes throughout our life. Sometimes you know, due to an accident or an illness or something, we lose parts of it, it changes drastically. But start by just blessing what you like about yourself and start simple. So start on the internal things and don't put emotion into it. So the internal things that make your body function, then move to like, the external, more beautiful side of things. And I'm just going to throw a different one in that we didn't say. Don't let anybody tell you that you, or don't don't let anybody affect you with the words that they use towards you if it's negative towards what you look like or how you are because that is them projecting onto you and it's nothing to do with it again it comes back to choice you have a choice to ignore those words and not take them personally because you are flipping awesome you are awesome human you're in an awesome body and just move it do it use it <laughs> I love it. I love, love, love it. <laughs> All right, Eva, thank you ever so much for being here today and sharing and being very candid and open. Um, and hopefully everybody goes and like jumps on at least the first one, not Pleasure Queen, but what was the other one? Pleasure Remind Camp. me. 
pleasure camp <laughs> or sex magic but thank you ever so much Eva for being with us today and on, honestly it's been such a pleasure thank you thanks for listening today I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and as always any links or anything mentioned will be in the show notes if you haven't connected with me yet I'd love to meet you so come find me on Instagram at Debbie Westwell why not slide into my DMs and tell me what you thought of this episode And if you like what you hear, then please follow me or hit the bell icon, share with somebody like you who would benefit from listening and all positive reviews are greatly appreciated. Thank you for being your wonderful self and I can't wait to chat next time. 